Our texts for meditation this 11th Sunday after Trinity are our Old Testament and Gospel readings. Hear the word of our Lord from Genesis chapter 4 verses 1 through 15. Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground, and now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the word of our Lord again from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. He, Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of our Lord. God be praised for his glad tidings. Now, grace Mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why did Cain kill Abel? 
If we go solely based on the text of our Old Testament reading, we only know that he was angry and crestfallen. Cain offers a sacrifice, Abel offers a sacrifice, and the younger brother's offering is accepted while the older brother's is not. Cain is unhappy about this, refuses to hear God's warning to him, and then he murders Abel on account of it. But why was Cain so angry about all this? He gets corrected quite gently by our Lord, compared to other people who came later. In the Old Testament, there are instances of God killing people on the spot for violating the tabernacle rules and removing kings from their position for improper offerings. He even inflicts one king, Uzziah, with leprosy for simply swinging around incense when that was not his job. To our Lord, proper worship is a big deal, and he has shown a willingness to smite people to get that point across. Cain's offering was not accepted, but instead of killing or punishing him, God mercifully gives him a warning. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain. We can try this again. Abel did better than you this time, and if you rule over your temptation instead of submitting to it, everything will be fine. But as we just read, Cain does not listen to God. Instead, he murders his brother in cold blood. Why? Let me offer this. Abel had the righteousness of faith, and Cain did not. Hebrews 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Abel made his sacrifice by faith. And as the author of Hebrews will later state, without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. We can only conclude that Cain's offering was not made in faith, as otherwise God would have accepted it. Cain had his faith in something else. And this something else was so important to him that he saw God's gentle warning only as further motivation to do violence. Now, someone might try to argue that I'm wrong here and that Cain's offering was not accepted because it was one of produce and not blood like Abel's. But grain offerings are shown to be acceptable to God all over the Mosaic law. That cannot be the issue. The issue here is faith, beloved. Cain had a faith in something other than our Lord and his favor when he made the offering. And I contend to you today that it is the same kind of faith that the Pharisee has in the parable from our gospel reading. Faith in fake righteousness. St. Luke tells us plainly what the point is of the parable Christ gives us. 
He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Our Savior speaks directly in this moment to all who would justify themselves by their works. In the parable itself, our Lord scorches the pathetic excuse for righteousness given in the so-called prayer of the Pharisee. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. To the Pharisee, his righteousness was wrapped up in his deeds. He was so righteous, you see, that he was hungry sometimes. He was so righteous that he gave the full 10% of everything. If you gave the man an apple, he'd run off to a scale so he could strip a tenth of its weight off and give that little apple slice to the priests. And he thinks this makes him a good person. You invite him over to brunch and he yells at you over the phone, No, I couldn't possibly do that. This oh-so-difficult fast. I could not break it and dishonor my vows. Neither fasting nor tithing makes you righteous, beloved. Maybe the Pharisee had something to brag about if he was telling the truth about not extorting, not being an adulterer, and so forth. But in the 14th verse... Christ says he was not justified in the eyes of God. The tax collector was. The Pharisee's righteousness is fake, totally external, unpleasing to God in every way. And here he is, before God, offering up a prayer of gratitude for fake righteousness in exactly the same way that Cain did. Neither had God-pleasing faith. Beloved, this is the same dynamic we see today. So many people want to say that they're good people, but the Ten Commandments are too hard for us to keep. This means we are faced with a choice. Do we ask for mercy, or do we start making excuses? We could go to our Lord like the tax collector in the parable and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Or we could be like the Pharisee and appeal to how good and how wonderful we think we are, according to a morality that we mostly made up. Tragically, the vast majority of people choose the latter. How often we can hear the Pharisee's prayer in the voices of others. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, capitalists, bigots, polluters, or even like this right-winger. I recycle. I fight against racism. I respect people's pronouns. I help the cancel mobs. I could go on repeating this with different buzzwords and different worldviews, but the point is it's fake righteousness, all of it. We think that we're good people because we vote the right way, support the civic religion of our countries, love the constitution, or pay our child support, or whatever. Even if what you are doing is actually good, like helping the poor, assisting pregnant women, working in suicide ideation, or saving lives, this does not save you nor bring you God's favor. 
Now, beloved, we might laugh, but there is real tragedy here. There's a twofold tragedy, one of arrogance on behalf of the individual who thinks that they are so good because of the morality that they made up, that they will pry open the gates of heaven and God will have no choice but to give them eternal life. God's response to that on Judgment Day is, Away with me, I never knew you. These individuals who trust in themselves go to hell at the great judgment because they do not see Jesus as their Savior. They believe that they are their own Savior. The other aspect of the tragedy is these people end up being so hostile to the humble and penitent believer that they persecute them. From 1 John 3, verses 12 through 14, we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Cain was adopted by the devil as he decided his own works, his own righteousness, his own offering would earn him good and favor before God. His deeds were evil because with his disposition and his fake righteousness, he wanted nothing to do with God's righteousness and the devil was right there to take him in. And this continues. The self-righteous always hate those who are righteous by Christ's merits alone. The Pharisees killed our Lord Christ, after all, and they persecuted the apostles and all of the early church because these people rejected their fake righteousness and accepted the righteousness of God on behalf of Christ instead. Beloved, let us be like Abel. Let us be like the tax collector in the parable. Let us go to our Lord and have faith that he loves us. Have faith that his righteousness is our righteousness, received in the waters of baptism, received by faith, received whenever the words of absolution are poured over us and the gospel preached to our hearts. Let us be like those who do good because they are saved, not those who create a decoy morality to try to dodge the law's sentence. And let us not be dismayed at the hostility we will receive from the world on account of following God's righteousness and doing our best to obey his actual commands. To the contrary, let us rejoice, because for all their hostility, and even if they should kill us, our lives are hidden with Christ, and he has promised us eternity in the new heavens and new earth with him. And as he sees your deeds performed with humble faith in him, 
he will reward you openly, both in this life and in the eternity that he has promised you. Now the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.